join us. We're actually turning to hymn number 30 next. Hymn number 30, I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. <clears throat> we'll sing all four verses of hymn number 30. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and Sunday school. Amen. We're glad you're here. No, I'm just kidding you. This is the Sunday morning service. Amen. We did spring forward, and so uh, we lost an hour of sleep, but hopefully you'll get a good Baptist power nap this afternoon and get it all back, and uh, we'll be good to go. Amen. But sure glad you're here uh, this morning, and it's certainly good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. And sure thankful for uh, that, and sure want to welcome our guests that are here with us this morning. We're sure glad that they are here uh, as well. And so let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer. And so we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to be seated, and then we got some announcements and things uh, to make, and and certainly excited about our youth rally this coming Friday and things like that. So let's pray. Ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother Jeff Glazeman if you would open us in a word of prayer, brother. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning? I just had a few things that I wanted uh, to mention here very, very quickly. Uh, of course, as already mentioned, this coming Friday night, uh, March the uh, 17th, be hosting the youth rally here at Faith Baptist Church. It'll start at 6.30 over in the gymnasium, the E.J. Watson Gymnasium, as we'll be feeding our guests. 
And then the service will start at 7.30 uh, p.m. Our guest preachers, Brother Jason uh, Jett, pastors Eastside Baptist Church there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And so looking forward to having him uh, here and preach. Uh, there are quite a few sign-up sheets out there in the outer foyer for things that we need uh, help with. And so, again, if you could help us out with those. I know some pe- uh, several people have already brought things in uh, this morning. I was really excited to walk by my office a minute ago and noticed all the bags of chips and and Coke Zero that was out in the office. I thought those were for me. Uh, but anyways, uh, we uh, need some help with that. And so if you could help us out with those things, please make sure to do so. And then certainly want to invite you to be here for the services. Amen. And uh, it's a blessing. I'm telling you, we're going to have Glory Bound from Heartland Baptist Bible College. And they're going to be doing the special music. And then, of course, Brother Jet will be preaching. And there'll be all kinds of uh, young people from several churches that will be here uh, as well, but it's just always an exciting time. We've seen kids get saved in the past, and so it's just a real blessing. So want to ask you to, number one, pray for the service, but number two, uh, if you can be here, I want to encourage you to certainly be here. Uh, whether we need help or you just want to enjoy the service, that's fine, but just want to encourage you to be here uh, for that. And then, of course, um, the Glory Bound Quartet, as well as the sponsors, are going to be staying over through Sunday morning. And so they are going to be here uh, that Sunday morning. So next Sunday we'll have combined adults and teens uh, Sunday school classes uh, upstairs here. And we'll have one of the Heartland students teach Sunday school class. Hopefully he will last the full time. Usually they don't. Amen. If you know anything about that, uh, when I first, the first message I ever preached, I had 12 pages, pages of notes and I was done in 20 minutes. If I have 12 pages of notes right now, people are going, I'm not staying for the service. I'm leaving. Amen, because I could preach till 2 o'clock, amen. I could have one page of notes and do that, amen. But anyways, uh, but looking forward to just, you know, all these kids that come in and, they, and they, they are learning to handle the Word of God and it's encouraging. And you know what encourages them when God's people are here and amen and, and just loving on them? That's good. So be here for that. And then Brother Jamie Jett, who is Jason Jett, his dad uh, is a longtime pastor as well as a uh, servant there at Heartland Baptist Bible College. He is going to be preaching in our morning uh, service next Sunday. So looking forward uh, to those things. So again, if you can help us out with that. And then ladies, also don't forget about there's some sign-up sheets out there for the ladies' retreat and the missions conference, some things with our missions conference coming up uh, in April. have some other things that I want to deal with here in just a little bit, but I did just want to mention this uh, announcement uh, this morning. Uh, several I guess uh, several weeks ago, we had a young couple that we had up from Heartland to be with us, and uh, they were looking at the possibility, and we were praying with them about the possibility of them becoming the youth directors here as Brother Jack and Miss Lizzie Parker head off uh, to go on deputation uh, to go to the country of Japan. And I did get a call back from Brother Dylan, and he did say that they had fervently prayed about it and just felt like they loved it here, they felt loved, they felt like they were right at home, but just felt like the Lord... Uh, was leading them to stay where they were at at the time to which I said that's fine because here's what I know I want you to be in God's will just like I want Faith Baptist Church to be in God's will and if anybody gets out of God's will we're all in trouble all right and so that's how the Lord worked all of that out but little did I know God was working in the lives of another family and working began to work in my heart and so I want to just mention this this morning that brother Tim and Miss Anna Quinlan are going to be taking the youth department. So praise the Lord. 
So I'm going to have our future youth director come and lead us in another song. Amen. All right, if you'd please stand again, turn to hymn number 213. Hymn number 213, we'll sing all four verses of Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to get around and greet one another this morning.
Um, I might do it after the offering. All right, if you'll take your hymnals again, turn to hymn number 213. We're going to sing that last verse one more time. Hymn number 213, Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read to you from Psalm, Psalm, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 and 11. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Brother Gary Waters, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated.
right, if you'll stand one last time with me, turn to hymn number 693. Hymn number 693, we'll sing both verses of what a day that will be. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. That's some wonderful singing. You may be seated. This time we're going to have Miss Gloria Quinlan come sing a special. Entered once a year into the holy place to offer a sacrifice, atonement to make. He sprinkled the blood upon the mercy seat, but he did not need to speak a word. For his work was complete Because the blood spoke of forgiveness Of a covering for sin The blood spoke of redemption Of the price paid for all men It spoke of one who was yet to come to set the people free the blood spoke for a sinful soul the blood speaks 
for me. One day on Calvary, Jesus paid the price. He shed his blood for you and me as a willing sacrifice. And since by faith I've trusted him with assurance, I can say that the blood of my Savior has washed my sins away. The blood speaks of forgiveness, of a covering for sin. The blood speaks of redemption, of the price paid for all men. And now I fear not death or hell, and heaven I shall see. For the precious blood of Jesus Christ is speaking for me. Now I can boldly come into the presence of God. For I have gained entrance through faith in Jesus' blood, his precious blood. Because the blood speaks a forgiveness or a covering for sin. The blood speaks of redemption, of the price paid for all men. And now I fear not death or hell, and heaven I shall see. For the precious blood of Jesus Christ is speaking for me his blood speaks for me now that that is a bible song right there without the shedding of blood there is no remission for sin amen and sure thankful for the blood this morning well glad you're here and want to take I want to invite you to take your bibles and Turn to Romans in, in chapter number 8, and let's all stand in honor of God's Word. If you're able to stand, we've been preaching through the book of Romans in our Sunday morning uh, services, and we've gotten here to chapter number 8. We're actually going to finish uh, the chapter uh, this morning. And so if you look back at, at chapter number, or I'm sorry, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, or there, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But now, go, go down to verse number 31. This is where we're going to pick up this morning. And notice the series of, of questions and answers and things that Paul uh, is asking here. As, as Certainly the Spirit of God is ultimately the author. But notice in verse number 31, it says this, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What shall or who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. 
Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, uh, or I'm sorry, nor, present, or nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what? I think he covered pretty much everything. Everything. How, how encouraging is chapter number 8? That it begins with, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And it ends with, well, you know, we're just more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> so encouraging. And the idea here is this. The idea of this text is that after dealing with the difficulties, the, the trials, even the persecution that, that God's people were facing in the previous verses, the, the chapter now closes with what I would call as this, the security of the believer. Let me, let me just say this right up front, and if this starts a religious war, I really don't care. Because we as Faith Baptist Church believe in eternal security. We believe, all right, and this is directly from our statement of faith, that once a person is saved, they are kept by the power of God and remain secure in Jesus Christ forever. I expect to get a little greater response than that. We believe that Jesus Christ, we are kept by God's power and remain secure in Jesus Christ forever. All right? And here's why we believe that. Because that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches. And right here, that includes our text this morning. You've got to grab a hold of this. The, the, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this, these Jewish and Gentile believers in, in Rome. And as we pointed out in previous messages some have gone back to the old life uh, after being saved. And as we saw last week, some were going through trials and tribulations. But, but what Paul is trying to say this morning is this, is that no matter where you're at, if you are a child of God, you are still a child of God. And so therefore, turn back to God and live for Him and serve Him. That's the idea of the passage. And please understand this this morning. This is not given so that we now have permission to do whatever we want to do. If that's your mindset this morning, then I'd go back and make sure you really got saved. Because that's not the spiritual mindset of a child of God, friend. If anything, this passage doesn't give us permission to live wickedly. It encourages us to say this. We ought to live for our God who loves us and we're His children. That, that is the idea this morning. So here's, here's, the, here's the questions this morning. Number one, are you one of his children? 
Because if not, you can be today. You can be saved and know Christ is your Savior. But if you are saved, friend, listen to me, that never changes. And praise God for that. And if anything, that should incline us to say this, man, we have our great God who loves us and who cares for us, and we ought to love Him, and we ought to live for Him, and we ought to trust Him, and we ought to lean on Him. Even in times of difficulty, we ought to look to our, God, our great God. What a blessing this is this morning. Be, I, I can't believe it. I'm preaching a positive message. But the truth is, it's encouraging. Man, it encourages me. There's some wonderful things here this morning that we're going to, but I'm, I'm sure I'll find something negative to say first. So, Lord, we love you. God, you're so good to us. Thank you for your salvation. And thank you for precious, precious passages like this that are just so encouraging. And I, I pray, Lord, this morning that we would certainly, we would certainly learn some precious and wonderful truths but, oh God, this morning that we would walk out of this place not only knowing you as Savior and being one of your children, but we would be so strengthened as your people. God, we're, we're just living in those days where it is so vile and, and wicked. There are spiritual warfare. And, Lord, there are battles that weigh on the hearts and minds of your people. But, oh God, that we would take great comfort this morning to know that no matter what, we don't give an account to that stuff. We give an account to you. And so long as we're one of your children, that never changes. What a blessing, Lord. Would you bless the preaching now, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated this morning. Sure appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. I do, as we get started this morning, it, it's kind of going to sound like an apologetics class. If you, uh, if you know anything about apologetics, it's, it's kind of the idea of this, learning how to defend the faith. And, and there does need to be that, and the reason for that is because there are, just seems like so many in the realm of Christianity today that do believe that you can lose your salvation. But you need to be made aware of, of, two, uh, of two things this morning. Certainly there's probably a multitude of things, but I don't want to veer so far away from the text that we get kind of lost in this, but I do just want to point out just a couple of things that are made very, very, very clear, all right? Number one is this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we can lose our salvation. All right? It, but it does talk an awful lot about us having our salvation for all eternity. All right? So, so it doesn't say that, but here's the other thing. Nor does it ever give an example of someone who was saved, but then lost it because of some sin in their life. Is everybody getting that? Now, and, and it's just, I'm just telling you, it's, it's not there. You can look for it all day long, but it's not there. Now, let me say this. There are plenty of examples of people who profess Christ with their lips, but then demonstrated that they were not truly born again by their actions. Uh, they, the Bible calls them apostate. You, you understand? That means this, that they begin to live another way. They begin to believe and preach another message. Be effect. It got to the place that where they were even in opposition to the people that believed the gospel of Jesus Christ, where they said they once were. And I got to be honest with you, I think that's where a lot of God's people are today, or, or rather, a lot of people are at who claim to know Christ as their Savior, yet they're completely in opposition to the things of God. My friend, that's not what God's called us to do. If you say you know Christ as your Savior, you should be living that way. But let me also say this. To say that a person can lose their salvation 
is to go completely against the direct promises of the Word of God, such as our text this morning. But this is the other thing that I like, is that, is that it also goes against what I would call are the illustrations that are given to, to help us to understand our salvation. In, in every illustration, we are taught security. And let me explain what I mean by that. You understand the typology of earthly relationships that's given in our salvation? Those things are given to us to help us to understand the security that comes with that. Let, let, me, let, me, let me just let me make, let me under, let you, help you understand. When you go to John chapter 3, and Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, Jesus immediately goes right to the point of the heart of the matter because he knows what's going on in the heart of Nicodemus. And he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is anybody getting that? That, that? that phrase right there, born again, means to be born from above. It means to be spiritually born into the family of God. Is anybody getting this? All right, come on now. Listen, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I said, it's weird how Baptists are. That when we gain an hour of sleep, we're tired when we come into the service, but then when we lose an hour of sleep, we're more awake. But some of you are setting out this morning to prove me wrong. <laughs> All right, now listen to this. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is anybody getting that? And even Nicodemus was going, Wait a minute, we got to go back and be born into our, go back into our mother's womb and be physically born another time which would be kind of weird. All right, not kind of weird. That would really be weird. Some of you are like, no, that's not kind of. That's a lot. All right, but you understand, he didn't understand the spiritual, the, the spiritual lesson that Jesus was trying to get across to him. And so Jesus made it clear, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Is anybody getting this? Born, and then he talks about being of the, born of the water and then being born of the Spirit. The water is talking about physical birth, where the water breaks. But then the Spirit is talking about spiritual birth. And so the idea is this, is that, watch this, is that when a person calls upon Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are born again into the family of God. Meaning this, they are now made a child of God. All right, be a fact, in John chapter 1, he says this. He says that he hath given us a power to become the sons of God of God. All right? So that means this, that when you are saved, you become a son or a daughter of God. Depending on your gender, and that never changes either. But you understand what I'm saying is that it's that family relationship here. Is everybody getting this? Where, where when you are born again and you are saved, God becomes your heavenly father. Is everybody catching this? And you become his child. And please catch this. That relationship never changes. That's why that typology is given in the scriptures to help you and I understand that once we are born into the family of God, you can't be born out of it. It, ne it never changes. Listen, I'm telling you right now, my kids are my kids. You know why they're my kids? Because they were born into my family. And, and, and I'm just saying, and here's the thing. That relationship will never change. They will, all be, they will always be my kids no matter what. Even sometimes when we go, I don't know those people. They're still ours. All right, most of the time they're looking at us going, we don't know those people, amen. But you, you, you understand, they're still ours. Is everybody getting this? 
And it doesn't matter what, and I'm just telling you, no matter what they do, they will always be our children. Now, that doesn't, now watch this. Now, that doesn't give them the right to live in disobedience and make foolish choices in their life without consequences. Is everybody catching that? You, you understand? That means this. When they do that, then fellowship with mom and dad is not what it should be. That changes. But the relationship never changes. You know what that means for you and me? The relationship with God never changes. It, it never changes. What, what, a, what an incredible thought. The point is this, is to say, it's the same way in God's family. If you were born again into His family, then you are and will always be His child. And therefore, to say that you are kicked out of God's family when you sin, uh, I, I'm just, li- listen, that is completely contrary to the Scriptures and this, and this picture, this illustration that's given in the Word of God. And my question would be this. What sin causes you to lose your salvation? Because here's the thing. I mess up every day. I, obviously, you don't, but I do. I'm just telling you, I do. So I'm just saying to you, I, I would basically need to get to the end of every day and go, man, i got to be saved again. You, you understand? Do you not see the foolishness in that? Is everybody getting this? Be, be fact, here's another picture. Let me give you another. Salvation is a gift. Come on, it's a gift. Go back to Romans chapter, Romans chapter 5. And you can, see the, you, you can see that we become sons of God in Romans chapter 8. Uh, there in uh, uh, verse number, oh, I can't think of the verse right now. It's verse 15, I think it is. But anyways, go back to Romans chapter 5 and look at verse 15. It says this, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And we know the great verses in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But watch this. What gift is truly a gift if it can turn around and be taken away from you? That would be a bummer of a Christmas. Okay, here's your gift for Christmas. But, but make sure you read the label on there. Because here's what it says. This is your gift. But if you mess up, I'm taking my gift back. That would change things, wouldn't it? The truth of the matter is that's not really a gift at all if that's it. Hey, listen, the gift of salvation is not something, is not a temporary or a conditional gift. It's an eternal gift. It's, listen, it doesn't give temporary life. It gives eternal life. Look, look at verse number 34 of Romans chapter 8. Let me show you something. It says this, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The point here is to say this, Our salvation is not based on the condition of our works, even our obedience. It is based on the condition of Christ's work on the cross of Calvary. And all we're simply required to do is to call upon Him by faith. And once you do, you are born again to the family of God. And my friend, that never changes. And as already pointed out, that's the context of the passage. Paul is dealing with believers 
who needed to learn sanctification in their life. They needed to learn to separate from the world and grow in their faith. They needed to turn from their idolatry and their false religion and the mindsets that they had that were completely contrary to the things of God. There were even some going through trials and persecution for their faith. And you and I both know that when you're in places like that, your mind gets filled with a whole lot of things. Questions. Doubts, fears, struggles. And what Paul is saying is this. Let me put an end to all of it. You may not feel like you're saved, but if you did it the way the Bible said, then that never changes. That never changes. Salvation isn't based upon feeling. Praise God, it's based upon fact. The promises of the Word of God. You're there in Romans chapter 8. Hold your place right there and go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And let me show you something here. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and look at these two verses. You've got to see this. He says in verse 24, he says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But notice this right here. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. It's eternal. And then he says this. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Listen, circumstances are going to change. Feelings are going to come and go. But the word of God never changes. It is eternal. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And my friend, that's by what we are saved. You want to know what the problem is? Here's what the problem is, why everybody gets this stuff messed up. It's because we've gotten to a place today, and the charismatic movement has been really big in propagating this, is that we exalt emotionalism over the truth of God's word. I remember years ago when I was pastoring in Cassville, and we had this couple that came and visited our church. And man, we were preaching. And, and I've, I've had people say to me a couple of times, I, I looked out there to see if there was Pentecostal on the sign. Because man, the way you preach, I said, no, we'd be a Baptist. We were shouting a long time before the Pentecostals ever came along. Problem is today, most Baptists are just dead. It's like we got an hour change every week. This couple came in. They enjoyed the services. And they left, and man, we were like, praise God. And so that week, I reached out to them and went by, went in, man, had a great visit, started learning about some things about them, some health issues and, and things like that, and, you know, and prayed with them. And, and, and so the next Sunday, I uh, came around, they were back again, it was a real blessing. And then the next Sunday came around, and they were out, they, they didn't come to the service. And so I just assumed, you know, the husband, he had a multitude of health issues and, and things like that, and so I thought something might be going on, you know, and so I didn't pester them or anything like that but then the next Sunday they weren't there again and I thought you know I'm just I'm going to reach out to them and and check on them you, you know this week and so I called I called the uh their phone and the lady uh answered the phone the wife and I and I said hey I said I just was calling you guys hadn't been here the last couple of weeks I just want to make sure everything was okay and, and stuff like I said yeah yeah you know my husband just had some things and stuff I said okay no problem I said hey why well, I got you on here I said I just wanted to ask you guys do y'all have any questions or anything about our, about our church or anything like that? Anything I can help you with? And she said, well, you know, she goes, she goes well, let me ask you this. She said, do y'all believe once saved, always saved? 
And I said, well, yes, ma'am. I said, we do. I said, we, we believe in eternal security because that, that's what the Bible teaches. And she said, well, she said, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. And, and, and I said, well, I said, that, that's fine. I, I said, I said, why? I said, you know, if you got your Bible, I said, I'm sitting here in my office right now and I've got my Bible sitting here right on my desk. I said, if you want to get your Bible and, and, I'll, and I'll just take you through some of the scriptures which shows you why we believe what we believe. You make a decision about it or whatever, whatever you want to do. And she goes, oh, no, 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 that, that's okay. She said, I'll just, I'll just go and talk with my grandma. She speaks in tongues and goes to church all the time and I'll just ask her. And I said, well, okay. I said, well, and this is, this is exactly what I said. I said, well, when you want to know what God says and not what Grandma says, let me know. I'll be here. Needless to say, they didn't come back. I'm such a nice guy. I don't... You, you, is everybody getting this? You, you understand what the problem is? That they've gotten to a place where they've exalted emotionalism in what men have to say, how we feel, rather than what the Bible has to say? And that's and listen and I and I realize we as God's people we we you, you know we, we you know Bible believing Baptists and we you know members of Faith Baptist Church you should be in agreement with this this morning because that's what the Bible says that's what we believe as a church body, but what I'm saying to you is this is that we've got to make sure that those kind of mindsets and those things don't begin to impact us and our thinking because as already mentioned we're going to go through trials and we're going to go through battles. And we're going to go through things in spiritual warfare. And there's going to be low points in our life. And I'm just saying to you, what Paul is saying right here is that, listen, those things are going to come. But you need to take comfort in this. That if you're a child of God, my friend, that never changes. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter what things are being whispered in your ear by the devil. My friend, here's what the Son of God said. It's an eternal gift. And if you are born into the family of God, ah, you can't get out of it. Son, them tacos are working, Brother Will. I ate six of them babies yesterday, and I'm wound up now. I might be hungry by the afternoon. You understand that's the intent of this passage. God's not interested in putting His thumb on you. God's interested in edifying you. Building you up. Encouraging you. That's why the chapter begins with, hey, if you're wayward this morning and not where you need to be, good news, there is therefore now no condemnation. You know what that means? That means this, that you're still a child of God. And if you'll turn back to Him, He'll forgive you and restore you, and you can live for Him in your life. And if you're going through trials and tribulations and the emotions are running rampant and you don't even know which way is up or which way is down, guess what? You still belong to God and that never changes. Look at what he says here. Oh man, I love this. Look at what he says. Here's, here's the first thing in verses 31 and 32. Here's what I believe he's saying. We have security in the face of our difficulties. Look at what he says in verse 31. What shall we say then? What shall we, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And I know I touched on these verses at the end of last week's message because they're a bridge, if you will, between the previous paragraph and where we're at now. 
And the idea here is this, is that they look back to the difficulties that we face as God's people, where He shapes us into the image of His Son, as mentioned there in Romans 8, 28, and, and 29, and 30, and all of that. But now it's looking forward to the truth that just because we go through difficult things, it doesn't mean we're no longer His child. In fact, it's a good sign you are His child. Look, look at the beginning of verse 32. Watch this. He says this, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. The point is to say this, even our Savior went through difficulty. Excuse me, He was on the boat with the disciples when they went through the storm. He was just sleeping in the back. Why? He knew His Father was in control. He knew His Sonship hadn't changed. Come on, friend, he was rejected and despised of men. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. No, 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 friend, he, he had no place to call home, and the disciples said, we want to go with you. Listen, I don't even have, foxes have holes. I don't have anywhere to go. You sure you want to do that? Come on, he, he had, he, he was, listen, he was, he, had, he experienced hunger, they experienced thirst, and to top it all off, he was persecuted and suffered the cruel death of the cross, yet, he was the only begotten Son of God. He did nothing wrong. Come on, I, I listen. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. But He didn't have any sin. But the point is to say this. If, if God allowed His own Son to suffer and face difficulty, then He most certainly is going to allow His other children to go through things. And by the way, we're not sinless. Therefore, we have no business going, we don't deserve this. Because the truth of the matter is, we kind of do. Well, now, wait, look, the air just got sucked out of the room because a bunch of prideful Baptists thinking we don't deserve. Yeah, we're sinners. That's part of the sin-cursed world we live in, friend. That's the reality. I'm just telling you that we, we can't claim those things. But sometimes, and, and listen, and I realize there is chastisement for disobedience and fleshly. I get all of that. But I also know this. Sometimes you can be right where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do. And you can still go through difficulties, but just like Christ did. But also notice, now notice here, notice the intent of the two verses. Let's read them together. Look at verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up, with up, uh, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What are you getting at, preacher? Here, here's, here's what I'm trying to get to you. Please, please catch this. The main focus is not the suffering of Christ, but on the victory of Christ. Is everybody catching this? Hello? Listen, his death on the cross, excuse me, his death on the cross wasn't the end of the story. Three days later he rose from the dead in victory and he has been given a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue shall confess. The point is to say this, that our trials aren't meant to put us in defeat. They're meant to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. They're meant to turn us to a dependence upon God. And when we do, God turns our difficulties 
into victory. Hey, um, whether it be in this life or the next. Because I got news for you. You may be persecuted in this life or even lose your life for the cause of the gospel. However, if you're a child of God, that's not the end of the story for you, honey. Okay, it's just for all eternity. Don't get too excited about it this morning. We just get rewards and crowns and get to stand before our Savior. But the point is to say this. Just because we go through these things doesn't mean we've lost something with God. And rather you are secure in Him. You're still His child. So instead of questioning Him, why don't you trust Him? Instead of doubting Him, why don't you lean on Him? Excuse me, instead of turning away in bitterness and quitting, why don't you get, why don't you get in your prayer closet and stay faithful and let Him turn your battles into victory? Let Him turn it around for His honor and His glory. A few years ago, my uh, good friend, good, good friend, we served on staff together there at Berean, Brother Al Price and, and his wife Trish, they had taken some time away to go and stay up in a cabin in the mountains of Arizona where they, where they were now living. And, and, and uh, God had used Brother Price to start a church there in Naples, uh, Florida. But he had started suffering from PTSD, severe PTSD from his military days back in the black ops. And so he had, even had a service dog named Elvis, golden retriever named Elvis. Elvis was in the building, amen. Uh, so he was forced to retire from ministry and they moved back uh, to Arizona, uh, Arizona where they were, they were now living. And they were at this cabin. Well, anyways, one, one afternoon they were leaving the cabin and, and heading back home. And a drunk driver in the opposite lane crossed the line and hit them head on. And Trish and Elvis were killed on impact. And Brother Price suffered several uh, broken bones and concussion and, and ended up living even along with the man that hit them. And when he finally came back to consciousness, he had to learn how to walk again, but he also had to learn that his wife had went on to be in heaven without him. As you can imagine, Brother Price hurt deeply. But one thing I love about Brother Price is he never wavered. I was just thinking about their picture of him and Trish that I still have in my office back there. In fact, this time last year, I was preaching a couples retreat in Phoenix, Arizona, and Natalie and I got to hear Brother Price teach Sunday school. Still teaching the adults in Sunday school. He had a new service dog. His name was Parker. He's a great dog, but he wasn't Elvis. You know what I'm saying? I, it's just hard to beat cool names like that, right? But this is what Brother Price decided to do. Rather than get filled up with bitterness and anger and question God and turn from his faith, he exercised his faith. He trusted God. And he began to pray for the man that hit them that he would receive Christ as his Savior. During the court hearing, Brother Price gave his testimony of the, to the court of what happened, but he also gave his salvation testimony to the man that hit them and killed his wife. 
He publicly forgave the man. And then eventually he sent Tricia's Bible to him while he was in prison and told him of his need to be saved. This past Friday night, Brother Price made a post on his Facebook account and he said, I got a letter from the man, talked about he couldn't go into great detail, but he said this, he had put his faith and trust in Christ and had been saved. He was now leading a prayer group with some of the other men in prison and was taking some online courses at a Bible college to grow in his faith. Only only God can do something like that. But it takes God's people that when they go through difficulties and they go through trials to realize this, I still belong to Him. And He's shaping my life and conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ and has a purpose and a plan. So I'm going to trust Him and lean upon Him through these things and let Him turn it to His honor and His glory. And that's exactly what He does. Look at the next thing here. Because here's the other thing you need to be encouraged in. We have security in the face of our accusers. Look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The questions brought up in these two verses are similar to one another. Both of, both of them speak to the accusations made against God's people. But here's the answer Paul gives. It doesn't matter how we feel in trials, but it also doesn't matter what men say or even what the devil whispers in our ear. My salvation isn't based on those things. It's based on the sure promises of the Word of God. Let, let me ask you something this morning. Please, please listen. Let me ask you something. When you got saved, listen, if you got, you got to tell, you say, I've been saved, preacher. Let me ask you this. Were you under conviction of the Holy Ghost? Did you realize you were a sinner and on your way to hell for all eternity? Did you, did you in response to that, did you humble yourself and call upon the name of Jesus by faith? Is everybody getting this? Then, then here's the thing. Here's what I'm getting at. Then you did exactly what the Bible said to do. You're a child of God. And that never changed. You sit here and go, well, you know, I got baptized. No, that's, that's not. Mm. No, that's not going to save you. You can't put the water where the blood's supposed to be. No, I didn't get baptized to be saved. I got baptized because I was already saved by grace through faith in Christ. Did you call upon the name of the Lord? Not get baptized in the name of the Lord. Did you call upon the name of the Lord? Well, you know, preacher, I'm a member of... No, 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 it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you're a member of, who you're a member of, whatever. Well, you know, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist. really doesn't matter. Did you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Then when you get saved, then you can become a Baptist and go right. But here's what I'm trying to get across to you. If you called upon the name of the Lord by faith, and you did what the Bible said to do, then you're a child of the King and that never changes. And you need to understand this because you're going to face accusers. You're going to face the devil. The accuser of the brethren. Go, go with me to Revelation chapter number 12. Just really quickly. Come on, we're only in the second point. Y'all are okay. I lost some of y'all at tacos, didn't I? I know. Look at Revelation chapter 7. 
I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 10. I got lost at tacos too, see. Look at verse number 10. He says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. Watch this. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about the devil. But please listen to this. The point of you seeing this is to say this. That hadn't happened yet. That means this. He hasn't been cast out of heaven. So that means this. That he still comes before God just like he did in the book of Job. To accuse me and to accuse you just like he did Job. And I'm just telling you, this is what I found out in my life. Is that after you get saved, you go through something difficult. Or, 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 or you get to a place where God's trying to work in your life and to call you into some, you know, to something to serve Him or wanting you to make a decision about Him. You know what I found is that where God's wanting to do a work, the devil's right there too. Trying to hinder it. I, I've given this testimony a multitude of times, but I'm just telling you, I can remember it like it was yesterday when God was dealing with me about preaching. And God was dealing with me, and I can remember the day that I surrendered, when my feet hit the floor, the devil was all over me. And man, by the time I came out of the shower that morning, I was doubting everything from my salvation to who I, I didn't even know who I was or where I was at. And I remember walking into the chemical plant that morning and being so miserable because of the warfare that was going on. People were coming up to me and going, man, are you okay? Are you okay? Because I, when I came to work, I wanted to have the joy of the Lord in my life. And I would come to work, man, and I had read my Bible and I was listening to preaching and praying. And so I walked into work all the time filled with the Spirit of God and had a, joy, had a smile on my face like some of you Baptists need to learn. And I would come into the house of God, or not the house of God, but come into the chemical plant. I made it to the house of God every now and then, but man, I come in joyful. That morning I wasn't, man, I was miserable. And people were going, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. Leave me alone. And as I, I'd be sitting there welding, I'd be by myself. And I, the Spirit of God will say, you know what God wants you to do? And the devil was right there going, yeah, but you can't do it. Think about all the stuff you did before you got saved. Think about all the stuff you did even after you got saved. God can't use you. You're not going to be able to preach. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just kept speaking and said, you know. You, you know you've been forgiven. Past sin, present sin, future sin. And you're a child of God. What are you going to do? And I'm just telling you that at that moment, that's when I said, you know what? That's what the Bible says. I'm trusting in Him. It's under the blood. And God, if you want me to preach, I'll preach. And you want to talk about the weight lifted off my shoulders? <laughs> Man! I better go call my wife or I crawfish out of this thing. I did. I called Natalie and I said, hey, I said, guess what? She said, what? I said, I surrender to preach. I praise God. She went, awesome. Yeah. Best decision I ever made in my life, outside of salvation. I had I known he was going to move me to Kansas, I'd have probably thought of a little more about it. You know? <laughs> went, went, to my pastor, went to my pastor. I said, guess what? And he goes, what? God called you to preach. I went, wait a minute. How did you? Yeah. Stole my thunder, man. It's amazing how God, God's people can see what God's doing in somebody's life when they can't see it. Yeah. And he saw those things. I, I'm just telling you, God's working in your life right now. God's wanting you to step it up, be more faithful.
Oh, listen, don't make no mistake, friend. The devil's going to be right there whispering, oh, you can't do that. I saw the things you did. I know what you did. Yeah, but here's what your heavenly Father says. It's all under the blood. It's all under the blood. Just go on and serve God. But you need to understand this, too. It isn't just the accuser of the brethren. It's also the condemnation of the people. Look at what he says here, man. You're talking about the scorners? Look at, look at what he says here in verse number 34. Oh, man, I got more stuff there. But look, at, look at verse number 34. He says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who, who also maketh intercession for us. The word condemn means to judge. And by the way, you and I are seeing this more and more in our day. Did you know this? Christians are being condemned as the problem to society. Because we take a biblical stand against homosexuality and transgenderism and abortion and pornography and all the other perverted issues of the day. While the world may accept those things, that doesn't mean God does. They're an abomination unto Him, friend. They are evil. And since we disagree with the world, we're made the scapegoat of all their issues when the reality is it's their own evil that's causing their issues. Because men love darkness rather than light. Excuse me, isn't that what happened to Jesus too? And the irony of all of this is this. Do you know who makes the best citizens in society? Do you know who's the most law-abiding? Do you know who's the most hardest-working? The one that strives to have peace with all men, who loves liberty and freedom? Last time I checked, it was God's people. No, 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 no. Liberty and freedom to do right, not murder your babies. Wicked. Not to mess with your children's gender. Sick. Never in my life, listen, never in my life would, would, did I think that we would get to where to, we, we are today that God's people, listen to this, God's people are being ridiculed for opposing drag queens in front of children. Have we lost our sense? Or, or pornographic material in school libraries that, that, by the way, even the media couldn't air on TV as Governor Ron DeSantis read it. Amen. Let's make America Florida again. And we're called Nazis and book burners and accused of, well, you just want to murder your children because you don't want to give up your guns. No, we just don't want our kids to be perverted and wicked and evil. Dumb as a box of rocks, man. That's ludicrous. We are calling evil good and good evil. And then you got Jane Fonda who just said this past week that those who oppose abortion ought to be murdered. To which somebody rightly said, great, so she's for killing people in and out of the womb. What a wackadoo. And I can't believe they're still giving her a voice after the 60s and 70s when she opposed the Vietnam War. Don't stop me, get me started on that. And folks, here's the point. It's only going to wax worse and worse. The deception, 
the false accusations, the, the condemning. I mean, when you got a president who shouldn't even be president because his mind isn't right, and he stands up and says, well, you know, it was the Republicans that were saying to fund the police the whole time. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But you need to understand something this morning. Please listen to this. We don't answer to Democrats or Republicans. Or the foolish people on social media. No, I'm, I'm a child of God. God's the one that justified. Not the devils. I don't belong to anybody else. I belong to God. Praise God. Now, here's the conclusion of it all. See, you were getting nervous, wasn't you? We're like at 12, almost 12, 15, and we got all these verses to go, and I'm fixing to wrap it up. Let the panic ease. We'll have a late lunch, a four-hour nap. We'll come back tonight for a baptism. Look at verse 35. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know what his conclusion is here? He's saying this. He said, listen, you got... You got security in the face of difficulties. You got, you got security in the face of accusations. Here's what else he said. He said, listen, you just got security in all things. Amen. He says, who, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, here's what the Bible says. And it's a quote from Psalm 44. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But then he says this in verse 37. Nay... And all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is covering, listen to me, He is covering the physical, the spiritual, even the realm of time. Everything. And, and here's, what, here's what he's saying. If you're a child of God, that will, nothing will ever change that. Now I want you to leave your, leave your place there in Romans chapter 8 and go with me to John chapter 10. And I want you to look at verses 28 and 29 just quickly and I'm done. Now here's what Jesus said. This is not what preacher said. This is not what any of the deacons said. This is not even what the new youth director came up with. Right? This is what Jesus said. In verse 28 and 29. And I give unto them, what's that word right there? Eternal life. Not temporary life. And they shall never perish. Now watch this. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, my Father which gave them is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Do you, do you catch the picture? Here's what he's saying. Look up here. If you're saved this morning, you did it the Bible way. Here's what he's saying. Child of God, you're in my hand. And my hand is in the Father's hand. And there's nothing going to get you out of that. Not even you. It's never going to change. Well, preacher, you don't understand. Have you read the news? Yeah, I know. But this never changes. Yeah, I know, preacher, but you, I mean, we've been going through some spiritual warfare and stuff going on. 
Yeah, I know. But that never changes. Well, preacher, I've, I've had this stuff going on in my life, and I don't understand why. I know. But that never changes. Never changes. So let me ask you something this morning. I mean, number one, you've got to be a child of God. Have you been saved? Have you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Because if not, that needs to happen today. You need to know Christ as your Savior. But if you have, you need to know this. You're going to face trials and tribulations. You're going to face accusations. You're going to face questions and things that you don't sometimes understand. You're going to feel crazy and circumstances are going to be upside down. But please listen to this. You need to know this. This never changes. Never changes. Let's all stand.